This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Berlansky, and as always, I am joined by Nick Horwat, and we want to send a special welcome to all you Penguins fans that finish watching the Steelers' season before you fully engulf yourself in Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. The Steelers are done, so we give you a nice warm welcome here. You have a pretty good hockey team in the city of Pittsburgh. Yeah, we were expecting you all last week. We had the party ready, but so be it. Uh, The Colts were the Colts, and... The Raiders and Chargers decided to not Raider and Charger it up. So, welcome this week after... Come on, we all knew they were going to lose, right? Yes. Stop lying to ourselves, Twitter. Yes. We all knew they were going to lose. I'll tell you what, though. At the beginning of the game, um, not that I thought the Steelers were going to win when they had that TJ Watt touchdown, but you know, I was a little upset because I, I was going to lose personally. I had the over in this game, mm-hmm. and I, that's the only thing I was rooting for because I knew the outcome of this game was going to be what it was, which was the Steelers getting doubled up, giving up 40-plus points to Patrick Mahomes, and Ben Roethlisberger only being able to do stuff in garbage time when the Chiefs' defense is trying not to injure themselves. But uh, no, I was happy eventually whenever, luckily, Ben Roethlisberger gave me one last, one last payday. As he got the over, he clinched the over, even though they really didn't uh, put much towards it. He clinched the over for me with that touchdown pass to, I believe it was Deontay Spencer. Deontay, Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Hey, yeah. you know what? Who, whoever got you the money, that's good. I, I, went, I went into the office on Friday and... Who's Deontay Spencer? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Sorry. Uh, you know, you're good. But I went into the office on Friday and everyone in the KDKA newsroom, everyone except for Paul Alexander was saying that the Steelers were going to win. I didn't give an opinion because I thought they were all not smart for that decision. I understand cheering for and rooting for your team. That's what you're supposed to do. But legitimately saying on on air, on KDKA radio, <laughs> that the Steelers were going to win is a different thing. Yeah. Pony and Muller did come in and give their two cents to Paul Alexander. It was cool being in the being in the room for that. But still, just what are they doing? You, you can't. I've heard I heard other rumors that I will not say on in, into this microphone, but at least I'll tell you after because it involves someone that we've had discussions with before, and it's really interesting. But we're here to talk about Penguins hockey. Steelers fans, thank you for coming. Yes, exactly. The Pittsburgh Penguins had a weird weekend as they just trudge along here in their season-long six-game road trip. And since our last episode, they played two games. They won one game. They didn't play particularly well in either game, but they still got two of the possible four points. Uh, they really played bad on Thursday night in L.A. I mean, I, I did a watch-along for that. It was not a good performance by the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, they were never really... It didn't seem like they were mentally in it. They just never had their legs in it. And that's going to happen in a long road trip. That's going to happen in a long season. You're going to have games like that. But you just expected a little bit of a better showing in L.A. And it was close for the most part, even though they weren't playing well, until the third period where they gave up three goals in a matter of, I believe, like four minutes. Two of them were two, ten seconds apart. Yeah, it was so quick. They stayed in it till the third period. The LA Kings, to give them credit, though, they're in the top three in the Pacific Division. They're playing some pretty good hockey. Their record is really good, and and they've gotten some good goaltending. That night, they got some good goaltending from Jonathan Quick. And overall, I mean, they're a much better team than I think people give them credit for, but 
they came out and they, they took care of business against the Penguins. They ended up, lo- the Penguins lost, lost. Penguins ended up losing six to two in that game on Thursday. It's a morning for us, isn't it? It's the morning. I'm, uh, you know, snowed in, in my hometown of Johnston. I came up for the weekend. So there's a lot of things going on that uh, weird, different situations. And yeah, we'll get through it and it'll be a good show. I promise that I'll, I'll get my stuff together. We'll battle through just like, uh, the Penguins have been trying to. That six to two game. I wrote a takeaways piece for the for the hockey writers for the three games in California because I thought it was interesting that the Penguins were finally going into California for the first time in a two years. Yeah. And B, uh, looking like a much better team than they did last time. So I wanted to kind of try and compare and contrast because, I mean, we got. I mean, they were close games. But we got swept last time out there. Uh, and walking out with two of three isn't bad considering all three of those California teams are now better. If you remember two years ago, two like multiple weeks, two weeks not even later after we wrapped up there, all three of those teams were done playing hockey. They didn't make the twenty-four team playoff. Yeah, that's how, that's how bad they were. Now each of them are fighting for playoff spots. Mm-hmm. So it was a bit of a different dynamic going in this time around, and it was good. I thought it was good to see the Penguins come out with two wins mm-hmm. in California specifically. Um, obviously, there's still a longer road trip to worry about, but those two specifically are nice. And that Kings game, yeah, you're going to get those games. But we had this discussion before where Sullivan called it human nature that you're going to take the foot off the pedal. The issue with the Kings game was um, they never had a big lead. They had a one-goal lead. They lost it. And yeah. then it just it's not about taking your foot off the pedal, but it's just about not playing the whole 60. That's yeah, in that issue. game, yeah. Yeah, sorry to cut you off there. But no, in that game, it didn't seem like the Penguins put their foot on the pedal at any yeah. point in time. I mean, the Kings came out and they they dominated the pace of play. They dominated the puck possession. They dominated the opportunities. And right from the jump, Tristan Jari was playing on his heels. He was just hung out to dry in this one. There were 45 shots on goal for the Kings. He was left in that, in that net to marinate because as we saw later in the week, Louis Domingue was getting ready to make his first appearance for the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll talk about that. But you're going to have a bad game, and that's what happened. I mean, they did not look good. There's not much to take away positive from this game. I'm sure Mike Sullivan wasn't happy, but that's not something to get caught up on because as we saw in the next game, even though they didn't play better, they still won the game. They played well enough to win the game, and if you're in this drought yet still getting points, which the last two games doesn't technically classify as a drought, but uh, they got the win, and they stopped the the snowball from from picking up. So I, I thought it was a... Interesting game to say the least. Uh, nice to see a big Z goal, uh, and instead of Big Z, apparently, you know, I was on that stream and everybody was upset when I called him Big Z when he scored. So uh, Isha and Dylan were on the stream and they said, you know what, maybe Big Z, maybe call him Big Z. And I was like, I know he's not Canadian, I'm not Canadian, but I do like Big Z. It's a little bit different. So okay, but Chara, who I'm assuming everyone was talking about as being the Big Z, and yes. is a hor- they're from the same country, are they not? I don't know if Zahorn is from Czech. Is that is that where Czechia, whatever it is now, uh, Czechoslovakia? No, that's that's what it used to be. The Czech Republic. What it? Wow. It also depends on like when he was born, because technically, if you think about it, Malkin was born in the USSR. He's a Soviet, technically. He's Russian. But it, it's all Russian, <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know what I mean. Uh, let's see. Oh, Zidane charge should be easy to find because he's from Czechoslovakia. And then Radim Zahorna, oh, so, by the way, his brother's making the Czechia. It is Czechia. Yeah, so they're from the same country. Okay. So it's not like you can really... I don't know. I man. like Big Z, though. I like Big, Big Z, Z works, so we're yeah. going to stick with that. That's Big Z. He gets his first goal of the season. 
uh, for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the only other thing that happened really of any substance in this game is the fact that Jake Gensel's 18-game point streak snapped. He didn't score a point in this one. First time in 18 games that he played because he also missed time due to injury. And those games end, I guess, the actual NHL point streak. But in that point streak, if we want to look back at that really quickly before we move on to talk a little bit about the Sharks game, and then we will preview tonight's matchup with the Vegas Golden Knights. But no, if you look at it, 15 goals in 18 games, that's already pretty ridiculous. But 15 goals and 27 points on that 18-game point streak, three game-winning goals in that span, and a hat trick on December 4th, my birthday, against the Vancouver Canucks was one of six multi-goal games in that 18-game span. So he was on really an extreme heater that seemed like nobody actually realized. Yeah, and I think it was because the NHL ruling on the injury ending a streak. That's weird. I mean, I guess because they it's what... I don't know. It's weird. I don't like it. But for what it's worth, uh, Gensel's own, his own game point streak was at mm-hmm. 18 games. And that's pretty disgusting the only thing that made it the only thing that made it bad and not fun was whenever the the penguins mini mic whatever social whatever social media person came up with that is awesome mm-hmm. um and they were asking what was the new one they were asking all the players why Gensel should be in the all-star game mm-hmm. Sidney Crosby said what's his point streak at homie technically one game <laughs> <laughs> no offense yeah. I get what you're going for but technically 18, at the time 19. of ask of asking yeah. One game. Yeah. But uh, he's not wrong, and, I mean, yeah, look at that point streak. Because it's also not the first point streak this team has really had this year. Right? Uh, right? Who else Crosby was on a point streak to start his, his season. Or at the beginning of, like, his his season. I know he didn't yeah. score in his first game. But, like, he went on a, on a point streak of, like, 14, 13 or 14 games in there somewhere. Okay. And it's just, like, yeah. But, I mean, the point being... In that game, there was not much that happened. Penguins, I mean, Tristan Jari had his first bad outing in a while. Yeah. Jake Gensel didn't score for the first time in a while. And realistically, none of the four lines really looked like they had anything going. We saw a couple of decent opportunities here and there, but it was just kind of a lost game for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And you have to scrap that, go on to the next one, get the two points in the next one, and that's what they did. They didn't play much better, but at least Louis Domingue, was in net to make 40 saves on 41 shots in his first NHL game since May 18th, and the Penguins beat the San Jose Sharks 2-1 to in overtime. And that is uh, a clean sweep of the Sharks, even though they didn't they played them, what, two weeks apart. But uh, they won both games against the San Jose Sharks, took all four points possible from that Western Conference team. Uh, Chris Letang scored goals in back-to-back games. It was a nice breakaway goal here. I wasn't able to watch that game live, thankfully, Blackout restrictions don't occur after the fact, so I rewatched it after the game. Um, but when initially it came up as a, a Jake Gensel goal, I was like, All right, cool, Gensel's back on it. And then they were like, he didn't score, Latang did. And I was like, it must have been a deflection. But then when I looked and watched the game, I was like, so they literally just messed up 58 and 59. Nice. Yeah, Latang <laughs> himself is on a seven-game point streak. Maybe that's what I was thinking of, because he's been tearing it up Maybe. right now. And Yeah. Um. I, sure all-star nods are a thing we'll discuss later but Mm -hmm. just really fun stuff coming from chris letang of all people and it's it's a quiet amount of scoring and amount of points because they're all assists Mm -hmm. but as a defenseman 
that's exactly what you want. I mean, sure, scoring every now and again is cool, and it is Crystal Tang, and he's going to do that, and he has done it now two games in a row, but you got to put more respect on the idea that Crystal Tang is not going to score as many goals as you might want, but if he's out here picking up 30 assists in a season so far, what, how many games yeah. in are we? Like, not even halfway 39? through 39? 38 or 39, so we're not even at the halfway point. We're about to hit it, and he's at 29 assists and three goals. I think that's plenty okay, and and he's only played 33 games. Yeah, He's at just under a point per game. So stop not respecting Chris Letang for the love of God. I know there's multiple people yeah. out there that are doing it, but still. He's in a contract year. This is kind of screwing the grand picture of contract talk and uh, – cap space but yeah it's for a good cause Mm -hmm. so looking at that obviously Chris Letang the one thing the one knock that he had on himself like he came out and said this he said you know I've had a great season and it's been really fun and uh, I hope I continue playing this well but the one thing that bothered him is he wasn't scoring goals he had one goal before this quick little two-game goal streak here but if you see it the talent is still there And I'm okay if he doesn't score goals. I mean, this team defensively has not scored a lot of goals from their blue line. A lot of their goals come from their forwards, and that's fine because that's how the team is structured. When you see the Penguins having success this year, and we've said it so many times on this podcast, it's because they are playing really good team defense, and their forwards are just good enough to go out there and put up three or four goals a game. So we don't need Chris Letang to go out there and put up a 20-goal season or a 15-plus goal season. The fact that he's racking up the assists just goes to show that he's playing his position correctly and he's still an offensive defenseman. But I think he's been a lot more defensively responsible this year, which is, for the Penguins, the best thing you could have asked for. I mean, this is a guy that I'm not sure... I mean, if you're a listener from way back in the day, like 2019, you would know that I was firmly not a fan of Chris Letang. But the way that he has reinvented his game... The guy is, he's an all-star. He is. And I know he's not going to go to the all-star game. And I'm sure he's happy with it. He'll get a couple days off. He'll get maybe like a week off, get to sit there, spend some time with his family. But the guy is all-star caliber, whether or not he's at the game or not. Yeah, it's not important whether or not he's at the game. Like I said, we will get to that discussion in a minute probably. But just the idea of Chris Letang being at this age. He is on the very wrong side of 30 I think mm-hmm. almost 35, if not already. He's getting, I think he's he's around 34. I think he's around Sid's age. 34, he turns 35 April 24th. So yeah. he's getting there. He's on the very wrong side of 30. He's about to be one of the older players in the league because 35 is really a good is a good cutoff for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's He's still one of the best in the league. If the, oh, yeah. I, I know it's late for this discussion, and he may not have had the – body of work going into it but if the nhl players were still going to the olympics i don't know why he wouldn't be in the conversation for it at this point he is a tremendous athlete when it comes to playing damn near half an hour a night yeah not losing any sort of footing and mm-hmm. remaining one of the top defenders in the league not just an offensive defenseman so again it's it is late for the discussion for Latang in the olympics because a no nhl players and b just it's he's never gotten that sort of that enough of respect in that sense that he could be an Olympian. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think of the years he would have gone. Just they weren't the right years. Yeah, I mean, 2010 they were. Go- he was too young. He was too young, and they were going with a veteran-laden team and Sidney Crosby. Uh, 2014, I mean, 
Chris Kunitz made it that year. I think Team Canada had enough of extra of extra Crosby friends. Yeah. Despite winning gold anyway. And then what? There uh, was no other ones. 18, they didn't go. And yeah. Hell, he may have been hurt in 14. I, I, that's what I was trying to think of, of when he was actually injured. But, you know, Chris Letang himself, probably never going to be an, a Hall of Fame guy. I think the Hall of Fame would be be mocked if he he got in there, but he's a Penguins Hall of Famer, and we've had serious we've had serious conversations about the fact that his jersey might go up into the Penguins Raptors. But I no, if if you're gonna argue this or what, you I know, don't think he's a Hockey Hall of Famer. You're right because you have to you have to look at it now. The Hockey Hall of Fame does have a little bit of favoritism with Canadian players, but the fact that Latang has struggled through i mean the, the struggling through injury might help his case but the fact that his struggle through injury has you know gone on for so long and has and has taken and took away from a ton of his prime years to yeah not screw him out of but take him away from Norris trophy conversations mm-hmm. that might be what the factor is that his only hardware really is Stanley Cups and that's a team thing while that's still very good and very um useful in terms of a hall of fame resume it's just not going to be enough mm-hmm. i mean maybe he gets in late like what's his name from the oilers dynasty kevin, did. Lowe. kevin lowe did <laughs> maybe it's a hey remember kevin lowe he was on these teams put him in yeah i i could see where there might be a case made for him like a long time down the road but i just i, I don't think that he's a hockey hall of famer like I, he's a he's been a tremendous player He's been one of the best players defensively in the league for a while. Most yeah. consistent. I mean, he's had his inconsistencies here and there. I mean, some seasons he has been just wildly poor at the defensive side of hockey. But this is a guy that, I mean, he's had such a good career in one city where he is a Pittsburgh Penguins Hall of Famer. No doubt about it. Hockey Hall of Fame again. There, that is a, That's a very big distinction between Hall of Fame and Hall of Really, Really Good. And I think Crystal Tang would make the Hall of Really, Really Good, but if, if the true sense of the Hall of Fame is intact, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I, I like the idea of at least, definitely at least a jersey retirement. I mean, he's the only one to ever wear 58. So he was the first one to wear it and will probably probably be the last in Penguins history. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps his case out there. I think if he closes out the career in a phenomenal way, I mean... That he's all, he's he's definitely a fringe guy for it. Mm-hmm. So depending on how he closes out his career, I mean, maybe he pushes him, pushes him over the edge, kind of like how I've been looking at Jeff Carty this, this season. And holy hell, maybe a few more. Yeah, like he's a fringe guy who has the opportunity, but he's got to cap it off the right way. Yeah, and if if Chris Letang and the Pittsburgh Penguins win another Stanley Cup, and that makes four for Chris Letang, that certainly will help his case. But I also think a big thing is the fact that you're right; he didn't play in the Olympics. He doesn't really have an an Olympic or international resume, which goes a long way. I know it's not the end all be all, but that goes a long way it, for the yeah, Hall of Fame. It does, especially because the Hall of Fame, especially in recent years, has tried to tell themselves, "Hey, we're not just the NHL Hall of Fame; we are the hockey." Like they're supposed to be basically like the IIHF Hall of Fame right sort of uh, uh, between that and then every league yeah like they're trying to convince themselves that they are more than just nhl players so like yeah. they're, they're inducting these old soviet players um mm-hmm. they're starting to put more women in which is good so it, they're trying to convince themselves that hey we're more than just the nhl hall of fame so mm-hmm. you're right international play does go a long way in there mm-hmm 
So we, we got a little away from the, from the game. There's not much else to talk about the Sharks game. And, and the story was really Crystal Tang had a nice goal. Louis Domingue stood on his head, saved 41 shots. That's and, the uh, point I wanted to get to. Yeah, and then also Sidney Crosby to Jake Gensel in overtime. Just, it's it's Sidney Crosby dominating Brent Burns, uh-huh. which I'm sure you love. And then Jake Gensel standing in front of the net and bodying somebody and keeping position and being able to, to, to bury that one. It's a goal that we like to see from those two. It's a, a character goal. It's a highlight goal of the season that you'll go back to. And uh, it got the Penguins that second point, which is important, especially considering that puts them in position. And like I said, we'll talk about the Vegas game. Puts them in position to jump into third place tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights with a win. Perfect striking distance to really get into the conversation of one of the top teams in the Metro again. Like, yes. Statistically, not just on paper like we have been, but statistically. Yeah. We're in striking distance of what could be first place all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, it's a good thing that it took the Capitals a long time to win them this calendar year. <laughs> yeah, true. But one of the points I wanted to make, too, was every time I looked at Louis Domingue, <laughs> was it just me or was he sprawling for every save he made? All 40 of them. It, <laughs> it, it, I mean, it just seemed wild out there. I mean, maybe that's his style, but it just looked like he was not out of place, but just old school Marc-Andre Fleury. That's what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, to me, yes, I do. I did notice that a lot. To me, I, it feels like I kind of attributed that. It might be wrongful. I attributed that to the, that's the first NHL action he's seen in over about a calendar year. That's fair. And it's not like the defense was doing him a ton of favors either. So he yeah. kind of needed to be sprawling everywhere. But just some of those, I don't know. It just looked interesting. Fun. Yeah. He got the win. I don't care how he makes the save hey. as long as he makes them. Dominic Ashik built a Hall of Fame career off of it. Yeah, Dominic Hasek, you could have shot it into his glove. He was going to dive five yards to the left because either that or he was going to flash it around and say, you know what, that was a difficult save, even though you might as well have just sat it in my glove. But, you know. You but know, when Casper Reitz is coming at him in overtime in Game 7, he just forgets how to play goalie. Well, that, yeah, well I mean, hey, I'm not going to complain about that. Hell no. I'm not going to complain. But, no, it was nice to see Louis Domingue get out there. Uh, you started to question whether or not this this coaching staff trusted him, it's nice to finally see him between the pipes for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And guess what? 40 saves on 40, 41 shots and a win. You'll take it. Yeah. From a backup goalie. They put him in in what wasn't the last game of the season against the Buffalo Sabres. Exactly. So there's already a little bit more faith in him than uh, Legasse. So that's a that's a little bonus. Yeah. It's a just it's just a matter of whether or not this team genuinely genuinely believes he can replace Casey DeSmith or not. Mm-hmm. But for what it's worth right now, Domingue has earned himself at least another game at some point. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works though. Mm-hmm. Now that I mean, he only got in cuz DeSmith was on protocol. So But hey, listen, he that performance to me earned him the right to start another game. Absolutely. Absolutely. DeSmith can take his time coming back cuz it seems as if DeSmith might have some symptoms, which is why he's still on the COVID list. He might, again, don't know for sure. Let DeSmith just wait in the wings a little bit more and then let Louis Domingue get another start. Now, not on Monday night. (laughs) Monday night, you need Tristan Jari. But that's the big thing about Domingue playing that well on Saturday night. Tristan Jari didn't have to play. That's the biggest biggest thing of all. You got two points and Tristan Jari got to sit on the bench for a night. That's why it's important. That's what Casey DeSmith was taking away from us for his first few starts is that yeah we had Jari on the bench because he he does need to rest he is human and we couldn't secure some victories we couldn't secure some points 
we couldn't even stay in some of those games. Exactly. So Which it's... Is, it's not the fact that he was losing. Again, like we've talked about it. It's like Casey DeSmith can lose games and be, be the backup goaltender. That's fine. But when you don't give your team a chance, that's when you start to get the conversations of, well, let's see what Louis DeBing can do. Oh, who's on the trade market? Oh, uh, can the 22-year-old Lindbergh, you know, can we rush him in? Because we don't want this team to lose position because you can't be a backup goaltender. But, I mean, at the end of the day, it is a very, it's an important position, but it's a minuscule position and a minuscule problem considering giving up 40-plus shots in two straight games for a team that's supposed to be one of the best defensive in, in the league. Yeah, it's it's not how you want to do it. I mean, it's two bad defensive games in a row, especially with mm-hmm. the counting up six goals in Los Angeles to luckily keeping it to one, so it's not all bad, but then you just look at the shots and yeah. it's downhill. Yeah, you can't hang your goalies out to dry like this no matter who's in the net. Yeah. So... We'll see if the Penguins can button it up against the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk about that in the second segment. But before we go to break, the All-Star Game rosters were released on Thursday. Uh, We didn't get a chance to talk about it because our episode was already out. Congratulations to Tristan Jari. Second All-Star Game appearance in three years as the Pittsburgh Penguins starter. To me, that is a pretty good indication that the guys had a decent career to start. I know he had the bad playoffs, but and he had a so-so season last year. But congrats to Justin Jari. Well-deserved. There's a lot of snubs for the All-Star game. A lot of them, trust me. I went through them all on my last episode of the Hockey Hotbed. But Tristan Jari is well-deserving. I know a lot of people wanted Igor Shosturkin. And realistically, Igor Shosturkin should be at the All-Star game. But uh, Tristan Jari deserves to be there as well. Huh. I forgot about him. I saw his numbers. That was disgusting. I didn't realize he wasn't there. <clears throat> yeah, Freddie um, Anderson and Jari are the two goaltenders for the Metro. Okay. Okay. Anderson was the goalie. He was the he was the first star of the month in the NHL in in October. So he has a little bit of padded stats there. When you get a hot start like that, yeah, that'll happen. I think there's. You said there were snubs from from just about every team in the league, and that's going to happen when you lower the amount of people going. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, and you still most you still make sure that you send every one player from every team. Sorry. Yeah. And that's a rule that maybe we should abandon because, dear God, you mean to tell me anybody in Buffalo or Arizona deserves to go to this? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting that they still hold on to that, but I get it. You have to have team, especially in hockey, I get it for now. You still have to have every team's representation so mm-hmm. you know fans know what these teams are. Um, and for what it is worth, I mean, it's not like Buffalo and Arizona are just devoid of talent. They have guys there that can be you know, considered all-stars mm-hmm. and have that sort of talent. It's just a matter of having a winning team. But, yeah, when you shrink the team size down, that's kind of when you start to see these snubs. Like, Jake Gensel should probably be there. He might not because now it's a fan vote. Yeah, he's also, the last man in option for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, which also, if John Scott taught us nothing, this fan vote thing doesn't work sometimes. Well, that's why they took it away from in general. Yeah, but, I mean, now it's... For just last old, they said you lost your privileges for the most part you can still pick one guy from division per yeah. division it's just interesting but also like most of those guys on the last man in list should probably be there because they're yeah. all-star caliber players mm-hmm. so it's not that the all-star game is losing its luster it's just it's being handled so weird and it is the most yeah. i've said this before it is the most inconsistent all-star game out of any sport 
Yeah. It changes format every other year. It is also it just doesn't happen every year because even pre-COVID because Olympics trying to figure out format and just weird stuff. Remember when they drafted? Remember when they drafted the players yes. for the All Star Game? Yes, I remember when Phil Kessel was Mister Irrelevant and Alex Ovechkin was trying to be Mister Irrelevant so he could give away a car. I get that the memes were there, but that was such a weird format. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to push three on three, but like before it was a thing in the NHL, mm-hmm. so we still didn't know how to feel about it. Um, what else? They. There was the time they did Amer- North America versus uh, World. Mm-hmm. Uh, the All-Star game for the NHL has been weird. It's They've been trying to use it as a way to grow the game, yeah, which they should. But when the best players are not there, now there's probably yeah. a couple reasons for that, which we'll discuss, but that hurts it as well. Yeah. So, obviously we mentioned Tristan Jari will be attending in Vegas. Jake Gensel still alive in the last man in vote. So if you want to see Jake Gensel there on All-Star Weekend, go out there and vote at NHL.com. The two players that probably still had a chance, or at least three maybe, um, for the Penguins that had a chance but uh, will not be going, will not have a chance to go, unless there are dropouts because sometimes players, they get injured, they can't go, stuff like that. Uh, Sidney Crosby will not be going. Chris Letang will not be going. And uh, Evan Rodriguez, I know, was a long shot to go, but he will not be going. He's one of the Penguins' best players this season. Yeah, the Evan Rodriguez one was fun. I don't even know if he was even going to be considered at all by the league. Well, well, here's the thing. If Nazem Kadri, who is, what, top five in the NHL in scoring, is a last-man-in candidate, then Evan Rodriguez was never going to go. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's – it just wasn't going to happen. It's It's – Yes, it is about skill and how well you're doing this year, but it's probably the same reason why Igor Shosturkin isn't in, isn't there right now. It is the namesake of growing this game. Yeah. Because that's because they're going to use it as a vehicle to do that. Evan Rodriguez doesn't grow the game. No offense to him. He's phenomenal. He grows the game in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Locally, he grows the game. Yeah. Because it's, hey, Evan look at this. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not going to grow the game nationally or internationally. Mm-hmm. It's just not. He's not. They want to see guys like Sidney Crosby, uh, Crystal Tang. That's who they want to see because those are the, those are the notable internationally known names. Mm-hmm. Now, I could. I think maybe Crosby just didn't. Just said no. Don't don't put me in this. I don't want to go to this. Not I don't. During, not during COVID. Have I ever wanted to go before? I mean, a couple times, yes. And just, it's not the worry right now. Mm-hmm. And again, during COVID, no real, no one really wants to be traveling, especially with, oh yeah, a, a member from each team across the league. Yeah. So I don't know what the the COVID protocols are going to be at the All Star Game. I would imagine they're they're going to have to be a little bit more rigid with the potential spreading impact of it because I mean Jake Gensel hasn't been on the COVID list yet there for the Penguins. Uh, he's not going. Uh, Tristan Jari just came off the COVID list, so he should be in the clear. Um, but no, when, when we look at Sidney Crosby, if he was selected, he probably wouldn't. It's not that he wants to go anyway. Like, I'm sure he'd be like, I'm honored, oh, yeah. but I'd rather take the time off. Yeah, isn't that just, why Ovechkin's not going either, right? Ovechkin's the captain. I'm pretty sure he, he's going. He's oh. the captain of the Metro. We'll I mean, see. he was one of the few players that always just eat that one-game suspension for not going every year. Yeah, but I think I feel like if they're the captain, they're like, all right, I'll go. But if they're not the captain, they're like, give me the suspension. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I just remember it, it, that was the other part of it too. Is that there was those few years where some of the best players were just saying they they don't want to go for whatever reason. They just don't want to yeah. go, so they'd eat the game suspension and move on. Yep. You gotta appeal it to them somehow. 
You gotta appeal to the players. It's already kind of appealing enough to the fans, I guess. Uh, I mean, locally, it is locally at least. It, yeah, locally, I'm sure it's very exciting. I wouldn't know they're not gonna have an All Star game in Pittsburgh. Um, they never so. Will. <laughs> they never will. The uh, entire Crosby, Malkin, Latang tenure, not a single All Star. We haven't hosted an All Star game since 1992, I think, or 91. And my first reaction is, well, it's not a warm climate, but they also had it in Columbus a couple years ago. It's an indoor sport. (laughs) It's not like it's football where they're trying to play these games outside Mm -hmm. or in a dome. Like, it's, I don't know. I also, I don't know, I I have so many thoughts on the All-Star game that I shouldn't get into. We discuss it every year. I'm sure more will spill out next year. Yeah. So the one last thing I do want to mention before we we move on from the subject, because I feel like we've given a little bit too much time to the All-Star game, because... uh, it's really That's just not how that it important. Goes. It always does. Yeah. Um, I think more people will go this year. I think there will be less rejections simply because it's in Las Vegas and people are like, I'm going to have a good time. And it's so it's in Vegas. You're, we're finally having one again and we're traveling again. It's, hey, go have a good time because you haven't really been able to do that for a while. You've been locked up in this yeah. NHL-only mindset because society hasn't let you look outside of it and the league really hasn't let you look outside of it since mm-hmm. 2019. So, um. Yeah, let the let the guys go and have fun. Plus, it's getting younger. I mean, I don't yeah. remember the teams. I mean, if these are like kids our age now, yeah, it's Austin Matthews is the captain of Team Atlantic. So, yeah, it's a bunch of kids our age that want to go enjoy Vegas. Yep. Last episode, we felt we felt really old. This episode, we're calling ourselves kids. We're doing great. Yeah, we're mentally okay. Midlife crisis at age twenty-five? I think so. The quarter life take... crisis, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're taking a quick break here at the tip of the iceberg. When we come back, we're going to preview Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll be right back. We're on to the divisional round of the NFL playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl Fifty Six, new customers can get fifty-six to one odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action for the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. Penguins finishing off their season-long six-game road trip tonight against the Las Vegas Golden Knights, the first-place team in the Pacific Division. Of course, they're coming in very rested. I mean, Brian Rust, when he came back, we'll talk about it, when he came back to practice yesterday, he said, you know, I feel a little rusty, pun intended. I hate the man for that, but we'll talk about that later. Uh... I guess so. Yeah, Dad, Dad Rust. But uh, the Vegas Golden Knights might be a little rusty as well because they're coming off of a six-day rest. Had two games canceled over the weekend due to COVID. And they last time they played was last Tuesday. So they'll have plenty of rest coming into this game. But they will still be coming in on a cold streak. One, two, and two. 
since the turn of the new year for the Vegas Golden Knights. They still sit in first place in the Pacific, but you look at their team, they're a team that's going to score a lot of goals. So if you look at this matchup and you see the over on our show sponsor DraftKings, you probably need to lean the over because the Vegas Golden Knights 3.46 goals per game, which is good for fourth in the National Hockey League. Expect a lot of goals tonight, even though... Trista Jari's probably going to be back in there. He's going to be looking for vengeance after what happened to him in L.A. But Vegas, lots of goals. Lots of goals allowed as well. 2.97 goals allowed. So expect an over 5.5 if that's where it's set. I don't know if it is. But if it's over 5.5, I would take the over. Uh, yeah, and betting stuff. That's Yeah. Ooh, sports gambling. I abandoned that a long time ago. Hey, listen, but... I've been... Been on a heater. Yeah, so. watching you go on a heater and listening to Doug's thoughts, I really should get back into it because there are some obvious ones that, uh, huh, man, I could have taken up on. Yes. Yeah, like the the Steelers losing by more than 10 points. The Steelers, Malkin's first goal, yeah. Yeah, really. Um, but no, looking at this game, the Vegas Golden Knights have always been a good team since their inception in the National Hockey League, and it's no different this year. They're still dealing with some injuries and some COVID issues. As of this moment, and they could come off today, so I don't know if they will or not, Shea Theodore, Nolan Patrick, and Nick Waugh are still on the COVID list for the Vegas Golden Knights. Obviously, the big one is Shea Theodore, their stud defenseman, a guy that is honestly Norris Trophy top 10 caliber at this point every year. He'll be there for the next couple of years, so missing him would be huge. And then the big injury, of course, is Max Pacioretty, who's going to be out for at least another month or two for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then we also can mention the fact that Jack Eichel isn't going to be playing, but he has yet to suit up at all for the Vegas Golden Knights. He's currently practicing with them in a limited capacity on a no-contact jersey. So they're missing a lot of their stars. Theodore, Pacioretty, Eichel. If they're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights, play them now because when Pacioretty is healthy, he has been lights out this season. So him out of the lineup is huge for Vegas. I forgot Eichel was over there. I kind of... It's been so long, I kind of forgot Eichel played hockey. But, yeah, I mean been so long he also played in buffalo so it was even more forgettable then yeah the fact that he has yet to play a single playoff game in his career is horrifying hey but you know what it's only what four five six or no mcdavid made it two rounds never mind mm-hmm. uh it's only two rounds behind mcdavid though that yeah. being well said, mcdavid mcdavid made the playoffs twice and one of them was because he was in the canada north division ah so. i was like he made it twice i don't remember that he made the playoffs twice. Uh, yeah, the first time that he made it, and they went to the second round against the Ducks, and then they made it last year, and then got eliminated by the Winnipeg Jets. Oh, that's right. They lost in the bubble, too. They also lost in the bubble, yeah, but that was even in the play-in round. They lost to the Blackhawks that's right. in the bubble. That's the only postseason hockey we've seen from Connor McDavid. It's not been a pretty picture, but we're not here to talk about the woes of Edmonton because we don't have eight hours. And we already played Edmonton in Edmonton. Yes, um, true. Yes, Vegas. We're going to be seeing a flurryless Vegas, by the way. Also, well, yes. Um, so who knows who is Leonard back? Like, who are all these? Le- Leonard has been playing. Okay, cool. So it'll be an interesting concept game for us. It's in Vegas. We got bodies coming back as well. We have Jari, who's been phenomenal. Got to stop the puck though. Like you said, three point whatever goals per game. Mm-hmm. Three three point four six. Yeah, that's that's a lot. We got to stop that and. Shea Theodore coming back, I, he, he's a name that's really come out of nowhere in the last couple seasons to be, like you said, top 10 Norris Trophy caliber. I think shutting down this team isn't super hard because they've done it before, but and they've just imploded upon themselves before. 
But you're right. Now is the time to play this team. They're down some guys. Eichel's still not here. They're in the cold streak. They're coming off of rest, which can go one of two ways. Either very good mm-hmm. for them or very bad for them. So it's 50-50 chance there. Now's the time to play them. Uh, when do they come mm-hmm. here? I don't know whenever they go to Pittsburgh. I, I don't. You can look that up, and I'll, I'll shift over to talking about the Penguins going into tonight because, as we saw on Sunday, should be getting both Brian Rust and Jason Zucker back into the lineup. Rust is cleared to play. He is pretty much guaranteed to play. Jason Zucker is a game-time decision, which, take that for what you will, he's probably going to be in the lineup. So it's nice that the Penguins are getting back one for-sure top-six guy and another guy that's expected to be a top-six guy but might be a third-liner. But He's still, NHL caliber. There are two guys that are in the top nine for the Pittsburgh Penguins when they're healthy. So nice to get them back. And now the Penguins, you know, the, their absentee list is down to three players, one of them being Casey DeSmith. So they're still missing Danton Heinen, who's on the COVID list, Casey DeSmith, who's on the COVID list, and Zach Aston-Reese, who's also on the COVID list. So the fact that you're down to that, the Penguins are getting healthy, knock on wood that somebody doesn't go out and we can actually see this team at full health for at least one game or maybe two. Two would be fine. I'd love it. But, I mean, look at the, look at the uh, Iron Penguin Award. We haven't updated that in a long time. Horat, how many people do you think are still eligible for the Iron Penguin Award? I think Award? I saw the tweet. Is it three? There's not three. It is oh, two. It's two. Okay, maybe I saw the tweet. Two players. John Marino and Evan Rodriguez have played in every single game for the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. That is Remember, it. And at the beginning of the season, I, don't th- I think if we heard Evan Rodriguez played every game so far, I think we'd wonder what the hell happened. And well, what the hell happened? He was a tremendous player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, he was a tremendous. He's a tremendous player. Yes. Also, Vegas visits Pittsburgh on March 11th on the second half of a back-to-back for us. We go from New York, yeah. from Long Island, back home to play Vegas. So that's a that's a tough back-to-back. That's the Robin Leonard special right there. <laughs> the good Robin Leonard special. Yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. So. That'll be an interesting Thursday, Friday night for us. Yes, it will be. And it'll be warmer. I won't be snowed in. That'll be nice. But uh, no, this game tonight should be a good game. Like I said the pen- earlier, the Penguins can move up into third place. They can jump the Washington Capitals in the standings if they get the victory tonight. Uh, I don't know. Let's put a prediction on okay. it. Okay. Why not? I mean, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. So if you go to show sponsor DraftKings, take the over. I'm leaning the over. Um, and if... I'm looking for a score. I'm saying this game ends up five to three Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Sorry, I'm choking my coffee, but you took my exact prediction. Five to three yes. Penguins. <clears throat> Listen, hey, it is meant to be. If you can predict a perfect score, I don't know if you can on DraftKings. I don't think you can, but look for a five to three win for the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Lots of goal scoring. You know, I don't want to get too into it. I think Evgeny Malkin sets up. I don't know who's playing on his line. Evgeny Walken scores a goal, and Brian Russ scores a goal in his first game back. Those are my predictions. We could say Kapanen's definitely going to be there. Uh, maybe. Regardless of the Jeff Carter question of he, if they move him back to center yet. So, so I, yeah, I don't know what the lineup's going to look like. They had Malkin on a maintenance day, and they had Brian Boyle as the third-line center, and they had Kapanen on the third-line wing. I don't know what was going on, so I'm not taking that lineup at all. I'm just going to be like, we'll see what we see tonight. I have no idea what that just was. wait for the lineup to come out and go from there. And we'll go from there. Which, around that time that the lineups come out, eh, actually probably a little before that because the game doesn't start till 10.30 Eastern. Uh, so around like 7 or 8 o'clock tonight, we'll say that, 
Uh, we will be announcing the winner of our Pittsburgh Penguins third jersey giveaway. We're going to be recording that right after this, so the, the entries are closed. So if you go on and you enter, I'm sorry, we've already picked a winner. But um, no, we will be selecting a winner right after we finish recording this, and that will be announced around either between 7 and 8 o'clock. The video will come out, so keep an eye out for that. But we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to finish this episode off with our weekly Pens Poll. We'll be right back. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Tip of the Iceberg Podcast, brought to you as always by the Hockey Podcast Network. As well as DraftKings, show sponsor DraftKings. You can use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app for great odds and even better opportunities. Horwat, we have our weekly pens poll. This week, the question was, who will be the Penguins' points leader by the end of the 2021-2022 season? Jake Gensel ran away with this vote. I don't know if people just went and said, you know what, he's winning by five now, and he's a good player. We're going to stick with that. But Jake Gensel got 61% of the vote. In this poll, Sidney Crosby came in second with 21%. Evan Rodriguez came in third place with 13% of the vote. And other was 5%. The only uh, comment that we got was Mark Donk because this is very unpredictable. So, uh, Horwat, who do you think is going to lead the Penguins in scoring when it comes to the end of the season? You're on mute. Come on, there's another comment that you're refusing to mention here. I, I don't have it up. No, you don't have hockey trolls, no one cares gif? I don't. <laughs> you block don't. him finally. Did it finally happen? No, I didn't block him because he he'd enjoy that too much, but I just didn't write it down on my notes and I don't actually have the, the tweet up in my head. Oh, okay. I see. Because I pulled. I, <laughs> I decided to pull. I always try and pull the tweet up so I can remember who I voted for. Yes. Because we talk about it a week later. Yes. Um, I voted for Jay Gensel because, I, I mean, in the words of Sidney Crosby, what's a streak at? One. Well, yeah, but it was at, like, 18. <laughs> and yeah. 19, 19 of the past 20 games, he scored a point. Exactly. There you go. And he's the, the, possibly the Metropolitan Division's uh, last man in for the All-Star game. Probably won't be, though. But, yes, uh, Jake Gensel, he's just a fire rocket right now. I don't know what I'm saying. He's he's going to score the points. He's going to score the goals. And while Sidney Crosby is a good answer, too, just because he is Sidney Crosby, when's the last, I mean, probably last season, but like, when's the last time you could really count on Sidney Crosby leading this team in points? Because we've had a guy like Jake Gensel on this team. Because Jake Gensel has kind of been collecting those points. I'm trying to look back at some of these seasons now. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, last year was definitely Crosby's year because uh, he proved a lot of naysayers wrong last year. He did. Um, but the year before that, I want to say, was Gensel as well. Or no, was that the year he was hurt? Now I'm just forgetting everything. I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, but Jake Gensel's always been right there, you know, right behind Crosby for always leading the team in, in scoring. Oh, Kenny Malkin did it the season before. Yeah, he had. Yeah. that was his I Am Comeback Tour. Yeah, right. Okay. Then Cindy Crosby. Yeah, it just might be time for Gensel to do that. He's been second fiddle for so long here um, that he's having his year. You know, mm-hmm. barring an unfortunate injury like last time. This is his year to finally take that mantle. I get that this team has kind of been led by the veterans, but they're slowing down. Malkin missed half the year, damn near. Crosby is, you know, playing great. And 
uh, is collecting points, but he's just been feeding Gensel for most of them. Mm-hmm. So I think it is Jake Gensel's year. And Evan Rodriguez really... also, the, the, the regression to the mean is coming. We discussed this before. Uh, yeah, with Evan Rodriguez, it's nice to see that he's still third. Yeah. He's fending off Sidney Crosby, even though he's played 12 more games than him. Uh, Evan Rodriguez has 30 points, fift- a perfect 15 goals, 15 assists. So he, he's splitting it. And uh, so 30 points in 37 games played, not bad for him. Uh, Chris Letang is in second with 32 points. Again, almost a point a game. Sidney Crosby is at exactly a point a game, 25 points in 25 games. But Jake Gensel, I don't like to agree usually because I like to, to discuss and I like to argue with you. Uh, that's why we have this podcast because we like arguing about Penguins hockey. But no, Jake Gensel has 37 points in 31 games. I voted for him as well because one, he has the lead and two, they play on the same line. So if Crosby's going to score, it's probably going to come because he's passing it to Jake Gensel or because it's set up by Jake Gensel or something like that. So I think Jake Gensel does take it the first time he's ever going to lead this team in points. And also because earlier, before the season started, I had a hot take that Jake Gensel was going to score 100 points. He's not on pace for 100 points. He's not. He's on pace for 91, though. He's missed six games. He's on pace for 91. So if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been close to that 100-point mark, and he could still hit it. He's playing at 1.19 points per game. He could he could up that a little bit, go on another scoring streak. I mean, he had, what, six multi-point games in that 18-game streak? He could keep going. I could believe in him. Make me a right man, Jake Gensel. You're on pace for 91? Say, screw the pace. I'm going to score 100. But either way, I think Jake Gensel leads the Penguins in goal scoring. And point scoring, sorry. Yeah, it's... Same thing. Potato, potato. He'll do both. He'll do both. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's his year for us. It's just bound to happen eventually. Yeah. So, Horwat, any last words before we say goodbye for the first time this week and we go on to, to tell everybody who wins the jersey, at least we won't be doing it on the podcast version, we go to record it and find out who wins the jersey and then keep that to ourselves for like six hours, eight hours. Who knows? Uh, stay safe out there, everyone. The weather's getting bad. COVID's getting bad. And uh, these aren't fun times to be in right now. But uh, you know what? Look out the window. Enjoy what is hopefully a pretty snowfall to you. I'm looking at a bunch of snow-covered cars. Yeah, no, I'm sure it's a pretty snowfall. It's Johnstown. It's been snowing for 24 hours now, basically. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and just stay safe out there. Try not to drive if you don't have to. Yeah, maybe I'll excavate myself out of this town at some point. But uh, we will talk to you guys on Thursday. The Penguins could be in third place by that point. So we will uh, we will see you guys on Thursday. Have a good week, Pens fans. You can follow us on Twitter at NickHorwat41 and at Nick underscore Berlansky. You can also follow the show's Twitter handle at Iceberg Podcast. This podcast can be found anywhere you get your podcasts from. So please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. You can visit them on Twitter at HockeyPodNet or at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Every team, everywhere.